1: Six
0: fifty-three. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You are listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Saturday is America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Happy Saturday. So let's do it. Let's chat about the uh, healthcare debacle from the last uh, couple days and weeks. I'm going to bounce around a lot here because. I still get fired up about this I took a phone call on my local show the other day from someone who said we should pass the bill, right? That the Obamacare replacement bill, just pass it, take whatever you can get. And I like, i don't want to be rude, but that's, that thinking is the problem. And, and his name was Chris, Chris's argument that there are good parts of Obamacare right? That's what he said. He said, there's good parts of Obamacare. So why not just keep the good stuff and fix the bad stuff? And he said that, you know, that's what this healthcare bill does. It keeps the good parts, fixes the bad stuff. It's like, wow, that is so off. That's so far off from reality. So let's, but let's break this down. So let's focus on the good stuff. Why is the good stuff in Obamacare, right? The quote unquote good stuff. Why is the good stuff? Good. Because it's free. So if you are a recipient of, of a government benefit, of course you think it's good. <laughs> right? It's good for the people who get the free stuff. It's good. But what about the people who have to pay for other people's free stuff? You know, their premiums go up and all the rest. Like So, so that's what this person's saying. He's like, well... The people who get the free stuff, that's the good part of Obamacare. But then you have the bad, you know, let's fix the bad stuff. Okay, well, what's the bad stuff? Well, the bad stuff is everyone that's paying currently for the good stuff, the free stuff. So if you fix the bad stuff, that means you just give more free stuff. Okay, so fix that. Okay, well, now the people who aren't getting free stuff have to pay even more. So now there's good parts, but now there's even more bad parts. So how do we fix the bad parts? Which is more free stuff. Do you see where this is going? Now, here's the biggest point of all. Let's look at this first group of, of people who have benefited from Obamacare. right? The good parts of Obamacare. Some lower-income people. So the way it all works, in, in California we have something called Medi-Cal. That's the, the health insurance for low-income people. 70% of doctors in California, 70% have opted out of the Obamacare exchanges. So 70% of people, 70% of doctors ref- will not see patients on Medi-Cal, which is Obamacare. 70%. And this is why, and I've said this on Fox News 100 times, there is a huge difference between health insurance, which is what Obamacare is, and health care. A huge difference. So giving someone health insurance for free doesn't mean anything when so many doctors refuse to see those patients. So if I give you health insurance for free, but you can't find a doctor, what good is that? What good is the insurance? No good at all. Now, why won't the doctors see uh, people on Medi-Cal? Because they're reimbursed so little. I talked to a doctor. He said he has to see a Medi-Cal patient once every seven minutes for eight hours a day in order to keep the lights on. <laughs> so a doctor or a patient, seven minutes. Boom, 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 like that. You just can't do it because the government reimburses the doctors so little. So that's why doctors are like, well, we just can't. So 70% of California doctors don't see Medi-Cal patients. So Chris says, Well, Slater, what about the good parts? What about the 12 million people who who now have health insurance? Sure, they have the insurance, but that doesn't mean they have the health care. But even if they did, the reason it's good for them is because it's so bad for everyone else. So this is why we need to not just work with what we have, right? That's what the thing is, like, well, let's just take the good stuff and keep it. In the- no, no, no. It's all bad. It's, we're so far off. I, like, it's so frustrating. This conversation is like, well, should we repeal Obamacare or not? Like, w- w- yes, of course. Like, of course, we should repeal the last hundred years of health care mandates and regulations and government control. Forget about Obamacare. Like of course we should repeal Obamacare. We obviously we should repeal Obamacare. We gotta go way, way further back than that. I'll give me an example. And excuse me, because I know we if you listen to the show a lot, you know we've heard you've heard half of this before, but I, you, I tend not, I, I haven't gone lately further back, but one thing in our health insurance market today that makes no sense is that insurance is connected to your job. There's no reason for that. That's It's not, it doesn't make economic sense. It doesn't make practical sense. There's no good reason that insurance is connected to your job. Now, this is, usually I tell this story when people talk about pre-existing conditions, right? People will say the Obamacare part that's good is the part that says you have to cover insurance companies have to cover people with pre-existing conditions. Now, who pays for that? Right? Everyone else who already has insurance, right? Everyone else's premiums to go for pay for people who are already sick. I say instead of hacking at the branches, let's strike the root. Henry David Thoreau said there are thousands hacking at the branches for everyone who strikes the root. So I say, let's strike the root. Let's get rid of the concept of pre-existing conditions. What do you mean? How do you do that? Why do pre-existing conditions exist? And every single person who's going to call in right now, every single person, I've had this conversation. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say I've had this conversation a hundred times with people who call in and they're like Slater, but let me tell you my situation. And it's the same thing. Here's how it goes. You have a job, you have insurance, you have a heart attack, you're covered. You have insurance. 10 years later, you move to a different state or you change jobs because you change jobs or move to a different state, you lose your insurance. Then you have to go find new insurance. And now suddenly you have a pre-existing condition. You haven't had a pre-existing condition in the last 10 years after your heart attack. It's only because you lost your insurance because you switched jobs or moved to a different state. That's stupid. That's a dumb system. That makes no sense. So if we connected insurance to the person instead of the job, then you would never lose your insurance. So then you would never have a pre-existing condition. You would always have your insurance. Now someone's going to call and be like, well, what if you want to change your insurance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could come up with contracts and figure things out. You wouldn't be forced to lose your, to leave your insurance and try to find new insurance because you could get it across state lines. You could, listen, when you leave your job, you take everything with you. You take your hat, your car, your life insurance, your 401k. Everything's connected to you except for your health insurance. Now, usually I stop there. Let's go further back. Why is health insurance connected to your job? When did that start? Started in the 1930s. FDR imposed a wage freeze during the Great Depression. So let's say, uh, let's say I want to hire you. Okay, I got a company and I want to hire you. I can't entice you to work for me by paying you more money because FDR, the president, says I can't. Okay, so I can't say, hey, come work for me. Uh, you're currently making uh, 50 grand, I'll pay you 60. I can't do that, there's a wage freeze. The government won't let me. That is when companies started offering benefits
3: <clears throat>
2: as like a loophole to get around that. So they'd say, well, listen, I want you to work for me. I can't pay you any more money because the federal government says I can't, but I'll give you health insurance and that would entice people to, to go to different companies. After the Great Depression, they got rid of the uh, the wage freeze, but people were a little bit used to getting their insurance through their employer. And then Congress passed a law that says if you get your insurance through your employer, it's tax free. So that's why today it's something like 70% of people get their insurance through their company. But the only reason that exists today is because it was some workaround of a New Deal era control from 80 years ago. There's no There's no reason to have insurance connected to your job. It's, it's, it's like like an old hold, holdover. So that's what I'm talking about. We don't just need to repeal Obamacare. We need to go back totally to the beginning. Like a hundred years. We had a totally, completely clean slate. Complete clean slate when it comes to healthcare and health insurance in America. Start from zero. There is no one, if we started from zero... Right. Total clean slate. There is no one who would design the health insurance industry to look like it looks today. Right. Not a single person starting from scratch would build it to look like it does right now. And now we have this incredible once in a truly a once in a lifetime opportunity with Republicans in the House, the Senate and the presidency to to be innovative and start from scratch and build something that makes sense. And they totally botched it. Like, not even close. And then you get people calling my show, Republicans, being like, well, you know, that we got to keep the good parts of Obamacare. It's like, whoa, what, what what, are you talking about? Wow, you're the problem. You're the problem. Of course, Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to change parts of Obamacare, but you're a Republican, you're a conservative, and you want to keep these parts? Oh, well, then we have no hope. <laughs> Let me tell you how bad the Republicans are on this. There's a congressman from New York. He was on MSNBC the other day. He said this, I'll quote, in my district right now, there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what it is we're doing. But once we get it done, then we can have the chance to really explain it. Once we get it done, then we can have the chance to really explain it. Eight years. Eight years. Of ripping on Nancy Pelosi for saying we have to pass the bill so you can find out what's in it. Eight years later, the American people give the conservatives the House, the Senate, the presidency, And the best they could pull together was this terrible bill. And then they have a congressman go out and say, once we get it done, then we'll have the chance to really explain it. Total garbage. What a disaster. Don't blame your constituents, congressman, for not understanding the bill. Blame yourself for not writing an easy-to-understand bill and blame yourself for not explaining it well in the first place and blame yourself for writing a terrible bill that can't be explained. It's, it's so bad that the whole thing, not only the bill itself, but the way they pitched it, the way they unveiled it, this whole three-phase nonsense. They t- were totally behind the eight ball. They let the Democrats compare. They, they, they did horrible. Just everything about it was awful. It, it was so bad that I almost feel like there's another play here. Like, that, that's a bad. It's like, it's like there's no way you totally let this get out of your hands like this. Right, I got to take a break. I got some more things to say about it. We'll do it next. 1-888-933-93. But does that make sense with the... um? pre-existing conditions and and why insurance is connected to your job today i mean it makes no sense but like you you understand how this happened so the fact that we have republicans in office right now and they couldn't go back to the beginning clean slate start from zero and say wow you know what maybe insurance shouldn't be connected to your job all right well let's make it tax-free whether you buy it through your job or not right and 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 then that we don't have that uh distortion in the market anymore right And, and okay no more state lines so now you can buy insurance across state lines so if you change jobs or uh, move to a different state—you don't have to lose your insurance. And like they couldn't do that—that's pathetic. 1-888-933-93. Slater Radio and Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word.
0: Mike Slater
4: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Slater Crusaders, I don't even know why the Republicans in leadership felt the need to pass this bill. No one supported it. Now, now obviously, you're not going to get everyone to support it. That's impossible. But I'm not even talking about that. Like, I don't know anyone who would support this. So the latest poll the other day was 17% of people support this replacement. 17%. So who are they fighting for? <laughs> like congressmen like to fight for things right and i'm fighting for you i'm fighting for the little guy who are you fighting for here who wants this who is this good for let, let me word it like this who thinks that if this replacement bill were passed that the health insurance crisis would be solved <laughs> does anyone really think that this is the solution i you know what i want i want some finality to this i want a system that makes sense is rational. And gives people more freedom, not just different government control. Obamacare was bad, and you replace it with something just as bad, just like a different, just a little different. Like, what, what, what? That's not a solution. And there's no finality to it. It was just kicking the can down the road. We're so, so sick of this. How many of the, the whole thing, the whole thing, oh, listen, we can't, last seven years, oh, we can't, but you can't repeal it. We just don't have the majority so we gave it to you and the first thing they come out with is this is nothing it's like what what a waste i think the people who voted for trump are look we're looking for drastic change right like i said a full repeal of not only obamacare but just everything like the whole thing is just start over I think everyone voted for Republican congressmen who promised the opposite of what the Democrats are doing, not just a slightly different version. These are two complete fails from the Republicans. And then, and then for Trump to say, uh, you know, vote for this, this bill, or Obamacare stays and we're not moving on. Like, that's horrible. So do you trust him or any other Republicans to do anything bold? from this point forward why would they why would they do a poll like listen they're total chumps on healthcare but you think they're really going to cut taxes drastically oh yeah we're going to make big big changes to the tax code why 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 would you what makes you think they're going to do big things with the tax code they were pathetic on healthcare oh but this wall is going to be big and beautiful really I, I, and if, if this did pass, I don't even, like, were they going to claim victory? Like, <laughs> wow, great day for the American people. Meanwhile, 83% of Americans are like, this thing's terrible. Listen, Rahm Emanuel, when he was Obama's chief of staff or whatever he was, he said, you've got to hit singles in health care. You can't hit a home run. So that's proof that Democrats, as we've said for a long time, are very patient. And they are with every issue. They always do the piecemeal approach. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit more. And then before you know it, we have single-payer health care. Right? So we're going to cover poor kids. Then we're going to cover poor adults. Then we're going to cover people twice the poverty level. Then we're going to cover older Americans and then less older Americans. And then we're going to cover poor kids all the way to 25. With S chip, oh, and then we're going to cover all kids to twenty five, right? And it just goes on and on. It's all piecemeal. It's all singles. Now, Obamacare was was a maybe a double, right? It was the biggest step in this piecemeal approach, but it still wasn't what they want. Obamacare was designed to fail, right? Obamacare was designed to overwhelm the system, and crumble so that the ultimate goal could be achieved, and that's a single payer, free health care for everyone. That's the whole shtick. The whole thing is. Um, it's so complicated, so expensive, so convoluted that the the Democrats can come in after it collapses and say, oh my gosh, wow, that thing, you know, we tried to do what the Republicans wanted with markets and all that, but, uh, you know what from now on free healthcare for everyone, it's just free for everyone. Don't worry about it. Don't have insurance. You don't have insurance. Everyone it's all free, right? That's the goal here. So Democrats hit singles, Republicans have had, they had the greatest chance of our lifetime to hit a home run. And completely change everything. This could never happen in our lifetimes again. It could totally, completely change the healthcare and health insurance system in our country with a a grand slam. And they whiffed. And if the Democrats get the ball again to mix sports analogies, then you know they're going to take it to the end zone this time. This was the last chance to make drastic difference. And not only did the Republicans not hit a single, they hit a dribbling bunt down the line on strike two. Just so Bad. Will they have another chance? Do you trust him with another chance? Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network, spread the word.
0: This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio. On
4: The Blaze Radio Network.
2: Mike Slater. I want to go to Bob, who's in uh, New York. What's going on, Bob?
4: Hey, Mike. Uh, Thank you for your critical thinking, and I wish more people would follow your instruction and your education. The thing that I see is a big piece of this. You mentioned before about how the Republicans or the conservatives don't attack the Democrats on issues like this deals on wheels, which was uh, minimally affected by the money that's, allocated, it's draining the swap on the Republican side is just as important because they're doing the same thing. And that's my belief, why they don't retaliate. They've spent money and misappropriated money. And they know the Democrats know that, too.
2: 100 percent. Now, do you think so? So let's let's bring this to the um, health care bill. Did you support this health care bill? Would you have voted for it?
4: No, I would have never done that uh, with what they presented, and it was a embarrassment on our side to even think mm. that they could go forward with
2: for that. 100% with you. So who do you blame for that mostly? The, the whole thing, the whole presentation of it, the, the whole experience of this last week. Who, where do you put the blame?
4: Oh, probably on us because we voted all these people in office mm. with the promise that they would do what they said they would do. So we're going to have to fix it. They're not going to fix it. They're still getting away with murder, and we don't have the leverage. Or apparently, we don't have the leverage to kick them the hell out. If, if, if Trump really wanted to do his job, he had to fire everybody in the Senate and the Congress to start over.
2: Yeah, Unfortunately, he can't do that, but we must. Bob, I appreciate the comment. Thanks for listening and for your uh, kind words. Thank you. Hey, um, thank you. I just want to uh, be clear if you're just tuning in. We talked about Meals and Wheels earlier. And how the budget doesn't really, if it doesn't affect Meals on Wheels, even though everyone's saying that Trump killed Meals on Wheels. Um, I did not say that we need that Republicans need to attack Democrats. I said Republicans need to preempt Democrats. You need, they need Republicans need to preempt the obvious attacks that are coming uh, when you cut a part of the government. Right. So it's the Community Development Block Program. It's three billion dollars. A tiny, littlest bit of that might. Go to a Meals on Wheels program because the, the federal government gives some of this money to the local governments, and the local governments can spend on whatever they want. And a few local governments might spend some of the money on Meals on Wheels, but you have to know that the republic that the Democrats are going to take that and be like, "Oh, Meals on Wheels is gone. Trump just killed all people, throw them off a bridge. They're starving." Right? Like, you got to know they're going to do that. So preempt it. It's so simple. We did this exact same thing during the debates. Right? Remember, we were giving advice. Uh, during the debate and and one of the debate techniques is to preempt your enemy's attack it's no different than boxing right or chess right you think a couple moves ahead that's it you know if you're in boxing you don't just if you're boxing something you don't just punch you punch knowing that if if I punch here then their next punch is probably gonna come here so I gotta prepare to defend this right you got to be a couple moves ahead and it's the same thing with debating Right. You got to know that when you say something, you have to know not only what you're saying, but what they're probably going to say back. And then if you can preempt that, then they have nothing to come back with. So the Republicans needed to come out and say, hey, here's the budget. Here's three billion dollars we're cutting from the community development block program. The Democrats are going to say that this money goes to Meals on Wheels. But what it really goes to is building pergolas at the botanical gardens in atlanta and we're 20 billion dollars in about 20 trillion dollars debt or whatever 20 billion i guess uh who knows what it's so uh we don't have money to be spending on botanical gardens and right like come out in front of it and i i put some blame to bring it back to the healthcare thing i bring i put some blame on all right put a lot of blame on paul ryan i was mean, pathetic i don't know what the heck tom price at health and human services are doing like I don't, i don't get any of those guys I put a lot of blame on Trump too. That's why, like, listen, if you've been listening to this show, I don't want any, what I'm about to say here, I don't want any emails or tweets from anyone being like, oh, how dare you be critical of Trump? Because we have for years, two years now, given Trump the benefit of the doubt, maybe more than anyone else in the plays, right? We give him the benefit. I think Trump is a master persuader. I think he's a genius marketer and brander. Unlike maybe anyone else in the entire country. He used none of that with this healthcare bill which almost makes me think like there's another play here, right? That he gave it to Paul Ryan, knowing that Paul Ryan would botch it up. And it's was like, Hey, here you go, sport. Why don't you go uh, take a swing at the healthcare thing knowing? And then Trump's like, Oh yeah, no, I support it. But did he really, why didn't Trump present it? Why didn't Trump pitch it? Why didn't Trump go to Nashville and give a big speech and present the healthcare bill? He like came, he came in like the back door and, and, put a stamp of approval on it in the end, but not in the beginning. Why not? That's what's weird about it. So I don't know if there's a play here or if he just just blew it. I'll give you an example. We said this six months ago. I said the most important thing about this healthcare bill is, do you remember? The name of it. The name. This is a sad testament to the state of our country today, but it could be a terrible bill with a great name and people would like it or vice versa, right? It could be an amazing bill, but with a bad name and people would hate it. Jimmy Kimmel, a couple weeks ago, did a skit on the street where he asked people if they support the uh, Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, which is of course the same thing. And if they hated Obama, they were against Obamacare, but they loved the Affordable Care Act. And if they hated Trump, they hated the Affordable Care Act, but they loved Obamacare, right? So it's all in a name. And this, I mean again, this is not a this is not a good testament to the people, but, but this is how emotional things are, and a name is incredibly important. It's branding. And I don't know, maybe I don't need to I don't mean to belittle it. Let me give an example. Would you buy sneakers from Blue Ribbon Sports? Would you would you buy buy a pair of sneakers? Like, oh yeah, I gotta buy the newest uh, newest shoes from Blue Ribbon Sports. Mm, I don't know, not really. But uh, would you buy shoes from Nike? Well, that was the original name of Nike, Blue Ribbon Sports. I don't think Blue Ribbon Sports would be as successful as Nike, even if Jordan was uh, was the spokesperson just the same. I don't think Blue Ribbon Sports would be as successful. Best Buy was originally called Sound of Music. Mm, I don't know. Auction Web changed their name to eBay. Do you think eBay would be as popular if it was called Auction Web?
3: Mm.
2: Marafuku Company changed their name to Nintendo. I think Nintendo, I think if you had a parallel universe and one everything was the same except one company was named Marafuku Company and one was named Nintendo. I think Nintendo's popular. I don't think Marafuku Company is, even if they unleash the same products and everything. Jerry's Guide is now called Yahoo. What would be more popular? Yahoo or Jerry's Guide? And you can do the same thing with bands, right? Kara's Flowers changed their name to Maroon 5. The Pendletons changed their name to the Beach Boys. Do you think the pen? I don't think the Pendletons would be as popular as the Beach Boys. You get the idea. There's a lot in a name. What was the name of this uh, Obamacare replacement? The American Health Care Act. I mean, come on. There's no pitch. There's no sizzle. Obviously, there was no steak, but they didn't even have any sizzle. That's what's so weird about it. No steak or sizzle. Stephen Green said that this replacement bill, it's, it was the GOP. It was the Republicans negotiating with itself the terms of its surrender. It was, it's like, guys, you're in the majority now. So it's, instead of starting from scratch, and saying, if if we completely redefined health care and health insurance in, in, in America, what would it look like? Instead, they just stared at Obamacare and said, well, how can we improve this a little bit? How can we tweak this a little bit? So, guys, that's not what we put you there to do. So that's the steak part. But even the sizzle, there's no, you couldn't even give it a good name. So so I bring that up in, in light of Bob's comment because that's an example of getting in front of it. right? Getting in front of, of, of the Democrats and getting in front of the media getting in front of of the american people and say hey this is this is it this is what we've done isn't it awesome look how exciting it is here's you know bang 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 here's three different aspects of it that we think are amazing and it's going to completely revolutionize everything in all these ways and it's so awesome and here's what we're calling it bah it's a big catchy name i don't know what to call it but big fun catchy name that's easy to say and easy to understand and people could wrap their head around it here let me tell you the power of this what was trump's campaign slogan of course what was hillary's campaign slogan I don't even. I think it was a st- stronger together. I guess right. Like, what was Trump's "Make America Great Again"? Right. Easy, simple says a ton. Says everything. Right. It's great. What was uh? What was Obama's campaign slogan? Hope and change. You remember it eight years later. What's the name of this uh? This American health care. There's nothing there. It was really just called the Obamacare replacement. But then you know what it was called after that, which doomed it. Obamacare light. See, that's there's there's your proof that it's all in the name. It was as soon as it was called Obamacare light which is a very accurate name that was it that was the end of it didn't have a prayer and then the, and then the Trump and the Republicans come out with oh well it's uh three phases it's that this you know it's phase one which in, which is okay but it's a oh fa- the real thing phase two and then phase three brings it on it's like come on guys what are we doing Oh, uh, you know congressional rules say that we must three steps is What a pile of garbage. One 188 933 93. 1888 933 93. I wonder, Bob, do you trust these same guys to do anything right from this point forward? I mean that uh, genuinely. Do you do you really trust like I mean I was so excited for tax reform? I'm thinking, man, like what if what if Trump comes out and he's like, you know what? I said we were gonna this is what uh, Margaret Thatcher did. Margaret Thatcher said, we're going to cut taxes by this percentage. And she ended up cutting it by even more, right? We're going to cut spending by this much. And she cut it by even more than she campaigned on. She campaigned on big drastic reform and she got in an office and all the people around her were like, Ooh, like we well, can't, don't go that far. And she went even further. And I thought Trump might do the same thing, right? He says, I'm going to cut taxes. Oh, it's going to be a ton. Right. And we create the, like, what is it going to be? How low? And, I, and I'm thinking, like, man, what if he does a 10% flat tax? Oh, that'd be great. Now I'm like, he may raise taxes at this point. (laughs) I don't even know knows anymore. I don't trust him to do anything bold. I don't trust him to do anything innovative. Man, they lost that trust so quickly. Sad. And they didn't need to at all. So It's such a self-inflicted wound. 1-888-933-93. Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word.
4: This is... Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Eight eight eight-nine hundred-thirty-three ninety-three. Mike Slater is on.
2: Thanks for being here. We only got uh, a few minutes left, but let's go to uh, Justin in the great state of Idaho. What's going on, Justin? Not much, Chris. How's your day going? Well, it's going real good, man. So what's on your mind here?
3: Well, here's what I think happened. Now, when Paul Ryan first came out with this, he was just so happy bragging. Oh, I've been working on this bill for 20 years. And shortly thereafter, the president signed on and he did his job. He went out and he tried to make this happen. I think what we did discover now is who the sneaky snakes are. That's why Trump said, fine, we're not going to deal with this right now. Let's move on. Now I know who my problem people are. And now the American people know who the Republicans are that should have a D next to their name. Because (laughs) you're going to try to shove the same bill? Really? We all just saw this. Now we know Paul Ryan can't be trusted. Can't trust this guy as far as you can throw him. And – the fact that these people just think that everybody out here is so ignorant that we can't put one and two together <laughs> is an insult. That's why I walked away from the Democratic Party because King Obama turned into a tyrant and I was like, "Wow, this is madness." So why, why I, do
2: you I, think I, Trump signed I, on to this bill at all?
3: See, this is what I'm going to think that it's it's political inexperience. We got to give the man that credit we know he's good at all the other things but politics it's not really a strong suit i think once he talked to the freedom caucus because he's the only guy who even bothered to talk to them really yeah. i think that's when he went wait a minute this is going to die and i'm just going to walk away from it then hmm. i think he got his eyes opened up and saw that this bill is not what we wanted that's yeah. why he walked away from it so fast he dropped it like a hot potato he said yeah. Nope, I'm not going there with this.
2: Thank goodness for those Freedom Caucus guys, right? I mean, there's not many of them, but oh, man. that's the holdover from the Tea Party, right? Those are, those are the only guys who saved this whole thing. Because if this passed, I don't know if you agree with this, if this passed, then that would be it with healthcare reform, and then it would still oh. collapse and crumble, and then the Republicans would own all
3: the problems with healthcare, right? Exactly. And then when a the Democrat steps into power... Whoever gets that secretary position, well, they can just start doodling with their pen and we're all screwed.
2: Yeah, that's it. Hey, Justin, man, good to hear from you, brother. I appreciate
3: it. Thanks,
2: Chris. Keep it up, man. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, for, uh, I got some buddies who live in Idaho and they, uh, gosh, they love it there. It's where all the Californians go to get out of here. Um, I don't know why Trump signed on to this thing. I, I really, I really don't get it. It's, it's, um, it was not even close. That's, that's, that's all I can say about it. Hey, I got, I got 30 seconds. Let's Can we celebrate one thing? Why not? No one, no, no one paid attention to this. So Keystone Pipeline. So the Undersecretary of State uh, signed off on this. So now it goes to Nebraska. So the state of Nebraska gets to decide if the Keystone Pipeline gets built now, but the federal government has essentially wiped their hands clean of it. We're good to go. So there's currently 72,000 miles of crude oil pipeline. We're going to add another 1,000 miles, and let's get done with that. Bunch of jobs. And then all the good stuff that comes from that. So that's good. There was one win that happened last week, but gosh, that was overshadowed by a terrible loss. Self-inflicted too. Spread the word. See you next week.
0: You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.